Hello and welcome to episode 126 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from... Actually, man, I can't. I, I, I try no. to get to... I, I, I can't, mate. Nah, nah, it's all right. I understand. Like, um, I feel betrayed, hey? Heartbroken. Yeah. It, it's just... Like, you think one thing is happening and then you find out something completely different about someone... And uh, I just, I mean, what what do you do, you know? Look, listeners, I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in, okay? There's been some news about one of our avid listeners, and let's be honest, it's Nathan. Yeah. He, he's, he's lied to us. Big lie. Really big lie. Yeah. We, we've got on good authority from Mrs. Nathan, a, a magnificent, glorious human. Um, Wonderful. Wonderful but, person. That Nathan did get a bike for Christmas. It was only a few years ago, and it's sitting in the garage, broken like our hearts. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. It looks fine. It's got a, it's got a his and his drink bottle compartment thing on there. Yeah, he's got one of those ten dollar bloody helmets hanging off the front of it near his little light. He's I wonder little... if they like that if they make them lights for uh, men's bikes. By the way, you'd think they would. Yeah, he's got one of those yeah. little little flap thingies at the back for I don't know t- putting his lycra under so he can air it out after he's gone for a bit of a long ride. I guess. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Have uh, his uh, he can give his man friends doubles on that as well. <laughs> oh, mate. Um. So yeah, you did get a bike for Christmas one year. Wonderful bike. Nothing wrong with it. It's got two Glorious. wheels, handlebars, it's got a seat. You think what it's more got do you want? Yeah. Probably. I mean, you could put your feet on the ground. That's how work I used Fred, to brake. Work for, work for Fred Flintstone. I mean, that's what you got shoes for. Exactly. Exactly. Just get some thicker soles. Exactly. Anyway, uh, thanks, Mrs. Nathan. You're a wonderful human. She really is. Like, she, imagine that. She's sitting there, right? She's listening to the podcast, and he's demanding not that bike. He wants another new bike. And she's like, I've already got him a bike. Why doesn't he dust it off a little bit? Get it out from the shed, you know? Show it a bit of love. Yeah. Move that bloody water container that's behind it. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, we've got pictures. Yeah, we do. We're looking at them right now. That's right. Nothing wrong with your bike, Nathan. You've got one. Ask right. Santa for a new bike, please. How good's Mrs. Nathan, by the way? Hard pressed to find a better human being. Honestly, yeah, I agree. She gets him this bike. It's like a, I don't know how many speeds. I'm just going to conservatively say it's a 27 speed bike, mountain bike by the look of it. I know. And, I reckon uh, she she probably. I mean, she probably did, you know, 26, 27-hour days working, slaving to her bone to raise the money up to get this mm. very expensive bike. Mm. And it just sits leaning against the wall in the shed. I bet it's got Shimano gears on it. Yeah, whatever they are. It looks, you know what? It, it might need five or ten bucks worth of stuff done to it, and it's a fine bike. Um, probably a little basket on the front. Yeah, get a basket, uh, put a Pomeranian in it, you know, put a little bow in its hair. 
As you do. You'd like that, wouldn't you, Nathan? <laughs> you lied to us about your bike. Can't believe it. Liar. Yeah. Devastation. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew RP. And joining me is this bloke here, League Freak, who you can find on Twitter at League Freak. Besides all that, how are you, mate? Apart from being lied to by Nathan, uh, I'm really good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, doing good. Been a bit busy, good. which is always handy. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, We haven't done too many podcasts recently, hey, but yeah, uh, we, we can get back we into can... it. Lay the the blame for that squarely at my feet. So here we are. We're, we're going to start rectifying that now. <laughs> I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to portion blame to anybody. Ah, fuck it. You know, we'll while. blame. We'll blame. Uh, so today we're going to look at the 2021 Rugby League World Cup because the the final pools have all been sorted out a, a couple of days ago. Um, Prince James Graham was at Buckingham Palace and did the mm. uh, oversaw the draw. How was how good was it too to see Fat Prince Harry doing that? It was really good. Jeez, he scrubs up well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He does. He looked like he dropped a bit of weight. It's weird that they uh, <laughs> he quit the royal family and then a couple of days later he's doing this World Cup draw. And I guess now he's on his way to Canada because that's where his missus wants to go. It's another Cooper Cronk situation, I guess. <laughs> this is right. Um I do like the fact, though, that Rugby League managed to get a quick invasion of Buckingham Palace in before it pissed off again. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty handy. Um, and I guess the last one that's there turned the light off as they left, eh? <laughs> this is true. That's a, that's making a statement for you. Yeah, yeah. So it was a very Rugby League moment, I felt like. It's like it, you had a, a royal that was just Jack of being a royal. You had uh, Jason Robinson, who loved rugby league so much, he fucking left. And uh, who was the other one? A rower? Do you say? A rower? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a rower. She won yeah. five Olympic medals. Yeah, it was good. So she, she's got strong strong links to rugby league too. There's, but there's because, four groups. I, so who I, did I, the I, other group? Well, no, there was, the first one was the seated group, and then there was the three after it. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you yeah, what, yeah. though. The, the rower, she has the strongest group, uh, strongest affiliation with the English Rugby League because she's at her best sitting down going backwards just like English Rugby League is. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, shit. So, um, There's probably a joke there about Coxless with the uh, rowers, but I can't we work out yet. Yeah, we, we, won't, we won't go down to those depths. Yeah. Okay, so the there were four seeded teams and they were going to be the top Essentially, the top team in each group. So, Group A is England, Group B is Australia, Group C, New Zealand, and Group D is Tonga. Mm-hmm. So, then James Graham came out and he drew in order for each group uh, the pot one teams. And so, Samoa joins England, Fiji joins Australia, Lebanon joins New Zealand, and Papua New Guinea joins Tonga. Then we had uh, Catherine Granger, the rower. She drew France. For Group A, Scotland for Group B, Jamaica for Group C, Wales for Group D, and Jason Robinson uh, drew Greece for Group A, Italy Group B, Ireland Group C, and Group D has Cook Islands in there. Yeah, so I guess if we go through the different groups and just talk about who we think will win them and uh, who we think is just making up the numbers, hey? Yeah, well, I mean, let's let's crack into it. Group A, England, Samoa, France, and Greece. Yeah, and, it's not uh, 
not the easiest group. It's England, I think, if Samoa turns up, and I don't expect Samoa to turn up because Samoa doesn't turn up. You know, they're poorly run, poorly coached. The whole setup is a complete disgrace. They've got plenty of uh, plen- plenty of talented players, way more talent than England does, but they're just not going to turn up, and we know that, unfortunately. Um, but if they do decide to turn up, they'll beat England. Do you think France are a chance of getting into the top two? Because I think that England, sh- let's be honest, as much as we knock them, England should clinch one of the two places to advance to the knockout stage there. Yeah. And I dare say, as I mean, I'd, I love underdogs, so I'd like to see Greece in their debut World Cup to, to get through to the next round, but I think it's going to be between Samoa and France. Yeah. And both of those teams are pretty poorly run at the moment. And that's, that's the problem. You know, that's what it comes down to. Um, and look, England's pretty poorly run as well. It's, uh, it's a great group, and Greece can't even play in their own country. <laughs> that's the unfortunate thing there, yeah. But, uh, geez, group A. <laughs> it'd be good if Samoa and France were too busy squabbling one another to um, fail to win a game and Greece manages to get up and, and sneaks in. That would be hilarious. Um, you know, I, I really do. I If all things being equal, I'd say Samoa would win this group and then England, England should beat France. Um, yeah. France, you know, France is so disappointing. And we saw in the, you know, the last international games where they, they played against an Australia A team and just got absolutely whipped. I know it wasn't their best team, but still. Um, they wouldn't say close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it should just be England and Samoa in in some order. Exactly. Um, Group B, Australia, Mm. Fiji, Scotland and Italy. My goodness. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously Australia is going to top this group. Fiji is going to go well. The thing about Scotland and Italy, it's like like the Scottish team is going to be filled with a bunch of palms. We know that. And a bunch of Aussies. And if Italy goes the same way, where they get a bunch of people that have, you know, had uh, pasta in Balmain, then it, you'd never know with Italy. They could beat Scotland. I don't think they're going to beat Fiji, though. Fiji's got so much ta- more talent than those two, even if they have their blow-in. So it should be Australian-Fiji. I think Australia-Fiji. I think Scotland will also outdo Italy. I think yeah, Italy kind of needed... Um, uh, James Tedesco, and he's mm. he's going to be Australia's first pick fullback. Yeah, definitely. Uh, group C: New Zealand, Lebanon, Jamaica, and Ireland. Jamaica's in their debut World Cup. Yeah, I mean, what an interesting group that is. Uh, to me, mm-hmm. New Zealand, New Zealand should e- easily clinch that group, but yeah. that second place is entirely up for grabs. Yeah, 100%. The thing that I look at this group, I wonder if that's the group New Zealand would like. I feel as though New Zealand, their perfect World Cup would be to come out against a strong team in the first game, probably get smacked so that they all pull their heads in, and then just slowly build against solid opposition. They're not going to get that chance to do that. They're going to play three easy teams that they should beat and then they're going to be thrown to the wolves once we, we get out of the group stages. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that for the last three teams. I mean, I just don't know. I don't know. If I've... Ireland 
I mean, I was gonna, Ireland... I was gonna, well, I was going to say, I haven't seen Jamaica play yet um, yeah, not to, to get a gauge on them. Yeah. Lebanon, again, they've got administration troubles, so I don't know what they're going to produce, whether they're going to have a team full of just genuine Lebanese-born players or whether they're going to be a whole lot of Sydney players. Mm. Ireland, they, they should clinch second place, but... Uh... <laughs> it depends if they pick... Irish people or not in their team. <laughs> like, if they pick Irish people, they could very well finish last. If they pick a bunch of people that have been to a St. Patrick's Day parade, then, you know, it, it's going to be a little bit different. Maybe um, they're waiting on the, the Brexit border changes to happen around Ireland to see which parts of England they get. <laughs> Possibly, hey. I love the, the thought that they're just, when they do Brexit... They're just going to build like a big wall. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> it's going to be a, a discussion for another day, though, on old Brexit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Finally, Group D. And this, to me, looks like the most entertaining group of all because we've got Tonga, Papua New Guinea, Cook Islands, and Wales. Yeah, Wales, it doesn't really matter who they pick. They're going to get hammered. They'll come last. Um Tonga's probably going to top the group, I would say, but PNG's a bloody, they're a bloody good team. Cook Islands isn't going to give anyone an easy game. It's going to be a really fun group to watch. I've got an interesting one for you here too. Mm-hmm. If Valentine Holmes doesn't get picked for Australia, yeah. he's eligible for Cook Islands. Yeah, wow. Oh, man. Could they beat PNG? I... I don't think so. I think it's going to be mm. Tonga and Papua New Guinea up there. Mm. Um, but boy, those two teams are going to be absolute wreckers in the uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if I had to, if I had to pick any group to watch, and only that group, it'd definitely be Group D. Oh, it's going to be insane! I'm going to love watching those games. Yeah, I can't wait to see how Wales goes against Tonga. Hey, <laughs> it's going to be so much fun to watch. Oh. Wales were just so mediocre in the last World Cup. Yeah. And, I, you know, there's a few teams there. I mean, USA did it as well last time around where they decided to go with, you know, native-born players pretty much exclusively. They did It wasn't exclusively, but as much as they possibly could, I guess, while still being competitive-ish. Mm. And the drop-off on Wales was insane. Yeah. Um, not unexpected, but insane. And I'm I'm struggling to see how they beat any of those three teams in that group. Yeah, I'd, look, I don't... I would kind of think it's a good effort if they get within probably 20 points of the, even the Cook Islands. Like, I think they'll just get completely dominated. Um, mm. You know, it's Wales. We know what we get out of the Welsh in Rugby League. It's like uh, it's like a small suburb in Perth in terms of the players they turn out. The Fremantle. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, know why there's so much put into Welsh rugby league. It's like you know. Well, it, was, it, it had a team in the beginning, I guess. So I think it's just a a loyalty thing to the game. Yeah, it's got to be because it's definitely not because they produce heaps of talent because they just don't. Well, their rugby union's team has. But how good's their rugby union team even? Like, oh, but it's produced plenty of talent for their rugby league team. 
Yeah, but like, <laughs> even if when they were rugby union players, like, how many World Cups have they won in rugby union? Zilch. They're not know. even that good at rugby union. But let's be honest, they are more. They are much more competitive at rugby union than they are at rugby league. Yeah, that's true, but that's also not difficult. <laughs> <laughs> like I suggest that the Cook Islands are more competitive than Welsh rugby league. I mean, I tried Wales. I didn't try hard, but I tried. You gave it a shot. I was, I was yeah. kind of impressed there, but I was, I was yeah. trying to make an effort to try and extend the conversation, but I knew I was pushing shit up a hill. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the top two teams of each group go through to the next stage. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure how they move about from there. I dare say, um, team two in Group A plays against Team 1 in Group B. I'm pretty and sure I've got a website somewhere. I should find it, eh? Let me see if it'd, I can it will be something it. along those lines. So they have a bit of a crossover. You don't play teams in your group again or some sort of thing like that. Yeah. So there's a fair chance that someone like New Zealand will come up against um, Tonga or Papua New Guinea. Like, I... The things that I hope, the things I would like to see in the World Cup, and I think Australia is going to win it, right? I think that the teams to beat are definitely Australia and Tonga. New Zealand, you never know if they're going to turn up. Can we? The thing about New Zealand, right? And we overlook it a lot. They don't really care about their jersey, and no one talks about it. They turn up so casually, so many times. Yeah, they'll put in, well, you know, once a decade and they come up with a great performance in a game that actually matters. But outside of that, they're normally just easy beats. I th- yeah, look, I'm I'm more inclined to think that they've been a victim of um, bad coaching mm-hmm. and coaches who have one pretty strict sort of style, not very malleable, and a bunch of players who don't fit that mould. Mm-hmm. And they need to start getting a coach who can work with whatever he's thrown at. Um, I'm not sure Michael Maguire is that man. Mm-hmm. He is a good coach, obviously. You know, premiership success and the like. Got the Tigers up to ninth again. Yeah. Um, Impressive ninth, too. It's, and, like, it sounds like ninth, but it was probably better than ninth. It was a solid nine. Yeah. It was a solid nine. That was almost eighth. That's how close not, they were. That's how good their ninth plus. was. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't an almost tenth. It was an almost eighth, ninth. That's yeah. a difference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't see him as the coach for New Zealand. But then, I, I just would, think he's a bit too strict. Who would be the coach? I don't know. They need someone who's who's more open, I guess, to uh, more free flowing footy. Maybe they a Trent Robertson style coach. Trent Robinson. Yeah, I wonder if he would do it, hey? I feel like Trent Robinson one day is going to coach France, hey? That'd be fantastic. That would be really good for the game over there. But uh, not not anytime soon, but I feel like one day it'll happen. Yeah. I just don't think... I think that there's been enough different coaches, and you're right, they've had some really shit coaches. But I think we've seen enough different coaches and seen so many of the similar results out in New Zealand that if you look at the effort that the Kiwi players put into their games versus the effort that Tonga puts into their games, it's chalk and cheese. 
Oh, and there's no doubt about that. <clears throat> you just don't hear enough about it, about how disappointing New Zealand rugby league players are to that New Zealand Kiwis jersey. I just think that, you know, I hope they turn up for this World Cup, and I'm always hoping that they turn up for every tournament because when they're on, they're really, really tough for Australia to beat. They give them a really good game. But at the moment, man, Tonga has stolen their thunder. And if I look at all of these teams as an Australian, and I think, man, Tonga's the one to beat for us. Yeah, Tonga's going to be definitely the one that everyone should be having their eye on. Mm. Um, England, boy, I think I think a lot's going to be actually riding on how George William plays for uh, for Canberra this year. <clears throat> yeah, I was thinking about this. I think this could very well be the last World Cup that England is even uh, one of the top two teams in a World Cup in their group. Because if you look at the the current state of English Rugby League in terms of their test team, I mean, their forward pack is getting weaker. And that was probably one area that they were could at least compete at some level. They weren't equal with any of the top teams, but they could at least compete. Their halves are just nowhere. I mean, if you have no rely on um, looking to Australians and stuff, I mean, if, if their halves for this are... Uh, Blake Austin and Jackson Hastings. I mean, come on, what are we talking about here? And their outside backs are just complete trash. So I, I well, think that that's the thing. They've got to move on from from McGilvery and Hall. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just there's so many. There is. Look, let's be honest. There's a lot of great young players all around the world. Even in, even in England, you don't need to keep picking the same old dinosaurs, especially on the wing when the wingers have have evolved you do actually need those whip it like fast speeds to blokes out wide who can catch and ryan hall is not fast or able to catch why picking yeah yeah exactly and the the other thing is too that i think that they've set it up in super league at the moment or they've not set it up that way it just is where super league finds itself you can be a really dominant player in super league you can have a pretty good career in super league and be absolutely nowhere near the better players in the world. And I just don't see that they've got that incentive over there. I mean, it really comes down to the players that say, look, I, I, I'm i a young bloke and I want to play against the best, so I'm going to Australia very early. And if, you know, because if the players that stay over in England and play in Super League, they just, they're not good. No, Um and I think there'll be quite a. I reckon there'll there'll be quite a blowtorch blowtorch put on the uh, the English side mm. uh, over the next year and a half because of how just diabolically garbage they were when they came over here at the end of last season. They were crap to watch. They played like garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were just let's call a spade a spade. They were just shit. They really were, and they they will struggle. To win, you know, well, they won't beat Samoa, even if Samoa's a basket case, if they keep playing like that crap. Yeah. Um, So I think there will be a bit of soul searching and a bit of look, a bit of looking around at the selection process and who gets picked and and why. Um, I think the smartest thing for them to do would be just to get a British coach, get Ellery Hanley or or Andy Gregory or someone, I don't care who, get someone who's actually in England watching English Rugby League and not Wayne Bennett over here watching NRL. I think that 
the the big problem they have is they've got the Ashes coming up, and I think that whoever they get in as coach, they're going to be basically trying not to get thrashed in the Ashes. They could have really used a series against a, an opponent that they could have at least blooded some young players against. Like if they had a, a three-test series coming up against, say, Samoa or someone like that, or PNG, that would have been way better for them than playing against Australia because I think what we're going to see is they're going to pick players that they hope won't get thrashed. I think they're going to get thrashed anyway. And they could go into the World Cup, and we talked about this at the end of last year. They're going to be a really, really old team when they get to that World Cup if they just keep picking the same players. That's right. And to be honest, there's only there's only two players who are going to be old and possibly deserving of being picked in that English side in 2021, and it'll be mm. Gareth Widdop and James Graham. Yeah, and look, Gareth Widdop, I mean, he's already injured. Yeah, like, that's the thing. But know. I'm saying, like, if if they play with good form, mm-hmm. they're the only two old players who, who will justify their spots there because they are the only two players in that English side mm-hmm. who are genuine world-class players. Yeah, 100%. And the other thing is, too, that, uh, I mean, Burgess is obviously retired. His two brothers, I mean, they've, they've fallen off a cliff. It's kind of shocking how, how badly they've fallen away. I remember a number of years ago, I was saying that I thought George Burgess would end up being the best front rower in the game one day. And he, he looked like he had everything he needed for it. I mean, it just stopped. Like the yeah. development stopped and he, he's actually worse now than he was then. Um, man, I, they, they've got some big problems. And yeah, I mean, Samoa just turns up half decent and they haven't for a long time. But if they turn up half decent, they'll top that group. And, you know, we could see the, you know, I think we could see them just get smashed in the quarters. Yeah. That wouldn't I be think a shock. Samoa's... I think if Samoa focuses on a a set, solid, functioning spine, mm. the rest should all fall into place for him. That's the thing that's sort of been the little piece of the puzzle that's been missing for them is a is a reliable spine that's creative mm-hmm. um, and has a bit of spark about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's all they need. If they can just get, get a few people in the spine there, just stick with them and give them all plenty of game time and get them used to the, uh, a set system and let them control things. I reckon they uh, they will they will catch up to Tonga pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, unlike Tonga, they do produce some halves. And, I mean, like when you look at everything else, I mean, you would take the Samoan forwards over the English forwards. You would take their backs over the English backs every day <laughs> of the week, you know. Yeah. Um, and if they've also got, some halves which England don't have I just think I you know I hope they turn up though and you know who knows with Samoa you just don't know that's the problem and that's the problem with international rugby league and something that Australia probably doesn't get enough credit for Australia always turns up like Australia is never not turning up and putting in a really good effort even in games they lose uh, Tonga's starting to get there. P, uh, PNG's another one. They always turn up ready to play. They probably miss out a little bit on the skill level and some and fitness and stuff like that. But by playing in the Queensland Cup with some of their players, they're starting to get them levels up too. So, um, 
it's yeah, gonna nothing, be interesting. Nothing beats their, their raw, unbridled enthusiasm and passion, oh. though. That makes up yeah. for what they what they lack elsewhere because they just keep going hammer and tongs, full 100%. eighty minutes. I'd hate to get play against P and G. Hey, just everybody bashing. hates them. Everybody yeah. hates playing against them. They don't hate yeah. them. They hate playing against them because they just they hit so hard. Yeah, um, they're so hard to tackle. Yeah, uh, you know they've got the slightly awkward running style. Some of them have got a slightly high knee knee with their running. It's mm. completely legal, but it's just it just makes them a little bit more awkward to to tackle them around the legs. Mm-hmm. Um. And just so much. They're all just powerful runners. Oh, I uh, love watching them play, hey? Oh, okay, they're, they're just, they're just one of those teams I could watch them play against anyone and enjoy it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Group C, we've got a few teams there. Where, you know, Lebanon, Jamaica and Ireland, where if they come out with, um, you know, native-born players, then that could be... <laughs> That that island should 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 beat them both, but if they come out with you know what are they heritage based players, whatever they are, yeah, are they called heritage? Yeah, I think heritage. Pretty sure heritage. it's heritage. Yeah, I can't remember what it is, but yeah, if they come out with the the players, they can you know, you know, some bloke who had who had a falafel or something like that gets to play for Lebanon. <laughs> you, you know, the funny thing is with oh, this group, is that, is that any, casually like, racism? No, no, I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. That's how Ireland picks their team. <laughs> Fucking, I qualify for the Irish team, hey. I'm not even well, joking. So, so do I, actually. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's because I did eat potato recently. Yeah, well, you know, I wore a green, green T-shirt once. So, um, <laughs> The thing is, I, I also wouldn't be shocked if, for whatever reason, Lebanon didn't turn up at all <laughs> or if they were kicked out of it for some reason, like... <laughs> That it's just the most up in the air group. I, if I had to pick anything that was going to happen for them bottom three teams that outside of New Zealand, I'd say Jamaica second place. Just because Lebanon, you don't know what the hell is going to happen. If Ireland pick Irish people, they're not going to do nothing. And Jamaica, you know, they've had some results that kind of make you raise your eyebrows and go, "Wow, that's pretty impressive." So they might come through and and uh, get that that second place in Group C. It would be phenomenal if they did. Yeah, really would be. Imagine getting Greece and and Jamaica through to the uh, the final. Was it eight? That'd be brilliant. And they play each other. <laughs> it's like, have we ever seen Greece play Jamaica in anything ever? Surely not. Surely, I, not. I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't. Let's look it up. Greece vs Jamaica. They're probably uh, probably having soccer. Language challenge. Cent what's Centro Basket? No, that's Dominican Republic versus Jamaica, sorry. Uh yeah, it doesn't look like the battle for holiday destinations. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Beaches. <laughs> that's it. Wow. Um. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there's there's probably ever been an occasion where they've squared off against each other anywhere. No, no, that's so fantastic. Probably can can hold that honor if it ever if it does arise. That's why I love international footy too. Hey, like you see 
those sorts of matchups. And you're like, I want to see a bunch of Jamaican dudes play a bunch of Greeks, see what happens. Exactly. And the thing is, the thing that's going to be good about this is you get teams like Greece and Jamaica, mm. and a lot of people have not seen them play at all. Mm-hmm. And they will have a different style to a lot of the robots that are from the, you know, the Pacific. Yeah. Who all play a very similar style of footy. Mm-hmm. It's very methodical and whatnot. But whereas some of the, the European teams and, and Jamaica and Greece, uh, they, they're going to be more inclined to throw things around, try new things. They're going to have to have different tactics defensively. We saw that when we were watching some of the games last year when Spain had such a small team. And mm. the only way they could defend was by swarming up in groups of five to tackle one Irishman. But yeah, it, it in the worked. longest game in international rugby league history, by yeah, the way. Yeah, like 304 <laughs> days or something. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 look, that's the, and that's the beauty of the World Cup, seeing all these teams face off that we normally wouldn't see. That's why I would love to see the World Cup every three years and, and get more of this, you know, cross-pollination between different nations so that they everyone gets to see what the standard is um but we're seeing more international rugby league which is a good thing and right now we're seeing uh the pacific islands and australia and new zealand sort of you know coming away from the rest of the world in terms of their standard their their standard in this part of the world is really high um and we need we need everyone else to catch up really for it to be a real quality contest across the entire World Cup. It's definitely, uh, there's a split between the, the Northern and Southern Hemisphere t- teams, that's for sure. Absolutely. Now, this will also be the second time a World Cup has had 16 teams in it. Mm. Uh, the first time was the glorious 2000 World Cup. What are your great memories of the 2000 World Cup? You know what? I I feel like the 2000 World Cup had 20 teams, hey? Huh? <laughs> I'm not even joking. I think it was a 20-team World Cup. Uh, 16. Man, why did I think there was 20 teams in that World Cup? Australia, Cook Islands, England, Fiji, France, Ireland, Lebanon, New Zealand, New Zealand, Maori, Papua New Guinea, Russia, Samoa, Scotland, South Africa, Tonga, Wales, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Okay. I don't know there why I go. thought it was a twenty team World Cup. Well the things about that two thousand World Cup I mean, there's so many great memories. Uh it, it was in people don't realise this. The game was in profit before a ball was kicked and it ended up losing millions of pounds. <laughs> um they introduced a revolutionary new ball that looked more like a um, volleyball than a rugby league ball. And Australia kind of had to stand in and say, no, we, we do play with an oval ball. And they fixed that up a little bit. Uh, people saying that rain kept people away in England. That was always interesting. Uh, I do remember that one. Yeah. Who would have thought it would have rained in England? Um, the New Zealand Maori competing. While New Zealand was complete competing, and then you had some special occasions in there, like uh, Tony Carroll, who had who was an Origin player for Queensland, and had played he played for New Zealand, but then ended up playing for Australia, I think the following year or something like that. Correct. There was just all weird shit like that, you know. 
The one thing I find interesting about that is that in that 2000 World Cup, Australia was scoring that many points. Mm. Only four of their players in their squad failed to score a point. Mm-hmm. Darren Britt, Robbie Kearns, Jason Stevens, and Michael Vella. Wow. There you go. I Even remember... Shane Webke got across the line for a try. Well, they played Russia. You know, they put up that big score against Russia, but... Russia did have Ian Rubin in that side, so they weren't no slouches. The legendary Ian Rubin. South Sydney's legend. Yeah. Wendell Saylor scored 10 tries in five games. I also liked the fact that they got to the final and uh, a couple of players had dyed their hair bright white. (laughs) Matt Rogers was one of them. Uh, He was. there, There was another player. Who was it? I'm sure there was another player. Was it Adam McDougall? Did he do his different time? I can't remember. I feel like the, it might have just been Matt Rogers. But the best thing about that too was uh, Wendell Saylor and Matt Rogers had really good World Cups and then immediately switched to Rugby Union. Yeah. It was fantastic for the game. Well, Rugby League still kicked on. Yeah, it did. It was fine. It's fine. <laughs> and now look at Rugby Union in Australia. It's fantastic what's happened to it. <laughs> Maybe Wendell Sattler could get a call up, go back. He probably could. I actually, you know, they did a funny thing where they, because uh, Israel Flower obviously isn't playing rugby union for Australia anymore, and they were like, His, it, the next uh, yeah, Israel Flower has been found. He's this young kid playing. And it's like, all you need to do to be a rugby union rider in Australia is just promise shit that never happens. Like, <laughs> This year, I reckon we've got the All Blacks numbers. Just stop fucking promising shit. <laughs> I like the fact that the next the next Israel flower has been found. I reckon Rugby Australia would have been going, nope, no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> We're good, thanks. Where did that talent scout go? Hillsong? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just picked up like eight million bucks for, you know, doing nothing. <laughs> I saw an article. The, I saw, yeah, exactly. I saw an article the other day that said, that team that is uh, going into the English lower grades from New York is in talks with Israel Folau to go and play with them. And then you read the article and it's like, yeah, well, we haven't really talked to him and stuff like that. And I always love things like that that happen in rugby league. Like, remember when they said they were going to move the World Club Challenge to the uh, Seychelles? The Seychelles? Do you remember that? No. Oh, mate. They were going to... The whole, I can't believe how dumb rugby league is sometimes. It was being reported that they were going to move it there and that was going to become its permanent home. They were in talk with the government there or something. That was right. about that was about 15 years ago, 18 years ago, something like that. And why there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no fucking idea. It's like when uh, that goes into the same thing of like, Rugby league is played in South Africa. Sucks this myth. Or rugby league, it's a real big game in Morocco. Do you remember that one? Yeah, that that one went really good for a little while. Yeah, that one went for a long time. Never, um, never, never, ever heard of a fucking Moroccan rugby league player ever. Well, remember, remember, we'll have to go back to our our episodes on ninety four, ninety five. It's um, Super League was big on taking rugby league into China. Yeah. Oh, well, that's another one. How many how many preseason games are the Manly Seagulls setting up in fucking China? 
It happens every year. <laughs> I like the fact that they think, yeah, we've we've nailed the Brookvale market. Let's go to China now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they do it every year, and that's always the same thing. They they you know shirt sponsor. They say, well, we've got links in China. And that's why we're setting it all up and something it never even gets off the ground, never even gets past the article. You know, you that's need, it. That's where it stops. You just need to go over there with a few tins of S26. They'll be fine. What's S26? Baby formula. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. That would be pretty good, though. <laughs> how weird was it when they were doing that whole baby formula thing and people were like, there should be a limit on how much baby formula you can buy. Like grow up. I uh, yeah, I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, people are weird. That's what was going on. I was I was lucky in the sense that all that happened and it didn't impact me whatsoever. So I wasn't paying attention to it. Yeah, yeah, you, did, you just didn't care. You just thought the baby got fed. That you didn't really care about that stuff, eh? Yeah, I just fed it steak. She's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, chilling this. It's what you got to do to get their teeth to grow in. You just chuck them a steak and say, yeah. you know, survival of the fittest, sweetheart. Yes, I had a child, not a vegetarian. Exactly. <laughs> I had to grow up strong and, you know, smart. You feed them meat. <laughs> That's right. Jeez, we, we have been gone for a while, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we've wanted to get a few things off our chest, apparently. <laughs> we're, we're sort of... Um, come out and alienated a few people pretty early on yeah yeah well, you know i guess you can call welsh people people <laughs> <laughs> Why not? so with that long off season that we had mm. have we had any emails no <laughs> none and i can confirm that we've had no comments either or uh, reviews yes people should leave some nice reviews because um, we'll read them out. We really like reviews. Um, but yeah, yeah we, n- nothing. When, nothing. If, like if and when we get them. Yeah. Well, it turns out that some of our listeners are fucking lazy. Some of them leave their bike in the garage and say they need a new one. Well, I'm sure we've all been in that situation before when we, we broke a toy and we thought, Let's just complain and say we want a new one from mum and she'll get us another one for Christmas. Maybe that's the ploy that Nathan's going with. Possibly, yeah. Maybe he was fixing the brakes on it and just buggered them up so much. Couldn't be bothered. That, you know, he said, I want a new one. See if I give me another bike. Exactly. Something along those lines. He doesn't deserve one. Mrs. <laughs> Nathan was right. She was like, I'm not getting him another bike What? To, so we can stack it in there, hang it up on the wall. Then he'll start complaining he needs one of those. You know those things you get the, that you can hang a bike on a wall? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, that'd be his next complaint. Maybe she should put in a request. I'll tell you what, Mrs. Nathan, right? What do you want? Tell us what you want, Mrs. Nathan. And we'll make yeah. sure Nathan gets it for you. Yeah, that's an interesting twist. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, we've changed sides now. <laughs> we've flipped. Out with the old, in with the Mrs. Nathan. That's right. That, that's how loyal we are. Yeah. Lie to us, we'll just shut you down and move on. Exactly. Yeah. One thing that we did want to say, too, from, from Mrs. Nathan is that she did say um, she's on a constant lookout now for Nathan, Nathan's name being dropped in the podcast. 
But All she, right. And because she's been doing that, she now finds that she listens to the podcast and she's gained a new insight on rugby league and more of an understanding of the sport. And she oh, thanks us for that. Man, she would have a really low opinion of Wales and England, hey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but one she day... Knows not to, she knows not to travel to Huddersfield either. <laughs> or Tamworth. Yeah, or Tamworth. Um, or like one day, in Yorkshire. One day we might have to do an episode where we... Um, where we we do everything in reverse and we, we promote all the places that we've otherwise bagged. Yeah, like an opposites yeah. Uh, episode. Yeah, that would be good. We can do so, that. It's like the, you know, the other day on the NRL website, they did a story about uh, Callum Watkins, and they were saying how he's trying to recapture his form from 2017 because the following year from that he did an ACL injury, and last year he was still getting over that. And I'm thinking, man. Like, is he trying to get over chicken pox when he was a kid as well? Like, how far back does he want to go before he's like, my form is my form? <laughs> well, you know, I, I must say, this season I've been a little disappointed, I dare say, with some of the Australian cricketers. Mm. And I've been looking back to my form from 2002 thinking, if I can recapture that, I'll be in that test side. <laughs> See, I haven't watched. I haven't watched a single ball of cricket this summer. Hey, neither have I. It just doesn't interest me anymore. And the tennis is already on now. I haven't watched any of that either. No, I couldn't give a stuff about tennis. I'm just having a look on the basketball. Have a look on the NRL website now, and apparently the uh, the Bulldogs are calling for a review of the rules after Kieran Foran's salary cap appeal has been rejected. Oh wow, that's interesting because. They wanted to get some money off of his cap, but not all of it. Mm. Um, Andrew Hill has called for a review of the NRL's compensation policy for players injured on rep duty after being informed the club's salary cap relief for Kieran Forum would be limited to $350,000. Oh, there you go. But the thing is, too, like, it's just not going to happen because where do you draw the line? It, it, do you draw the line at test matches? Do you draw the line at state of origin games? They're just not going to allow it to happen. Well, even if they just said, look, it's whenever you're playing for your, your country, what happens if, you know, some test player busts their arm playing for Australia against Toronto? Yeah, exactly. And it's going to... Like, once you start to get into that area, they're going to start cutting down on the number of rep games. So it's just not going to happen. Um, there's nothing wrong with the current system, I don't think. No. You know, and the problem with Kieran Foran is that he's injury prone. You know, yeah. they, they knew what they were getting into. 350 grand, I mean, that's... Given that they've only got young, cheap halves, Yeah, that's already covered that cost, so... They can yeah. use that to get a a, a, a fill-in forward, I guess. Yeah, and, and the get thing a pretty that, decent forward for three hundred fifty grand. The thing is, too, he stays on their books. Like they still have to spend the money on him. They still have to like. I mean, that, like when he is injury-free, he's there. Yeah, that's right. No, I've got no drama with it. Sorry, Bulldogs yeah. fans. Um, but yeah, I don't think you deserve any more than that. Did you see their jersey hasn't got a... They haven't got a sponsor, a major sponsor. Really? Yeah, which is kind of crazy. Like, that's that's absolutely terrible for a, a you know, a Sydney-based club. 
there's a ton of places they can get in touch with. NIB, Medicare, <laughs> Medibank, come on, HIA, whatever they are. No, so they're busted. Yeah, come on. Think about what you need, Bulldogs, and chase it. Yeah, go after it. You need medical insurance. CGU. I don't know any. I don't. I think you've covered them all. Hey, the ones, the ones that matter, I guess. Budget direct. What's the one with the, uh, you know, those little animals, Sergey, and all that? Uh, Compare. Oh, compare the market. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Yeah, get into them. Yep. That'll work. Oh, there's plenty of options there, Bulldogs. Come on. Put your put your thinking hats on. Stop chasing caravans and start chasing something a bit more worthwhile to you. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who they get on as a sponsor. Um, I just can't believe they haven't got one. It, it's, it's kind of... I mean, how does a club drop the ball like that, you know? It's a good question. I've, I've, I've now turned the back end of this episode into reading NRL website. So uh, Titans halfback Ash Taylor says, time working on his mental health and the arrival of a son have him in a good headspace to throw himself back into the pressure-packed world of NRL footy. Oh, nice. So he's going to actually play some footy and earn some of that million-dollar contract that he's got. Mm. Oh, that's pretty good. Mm. That, that's nice of him. Yeah. Um, what else is he? <laughs> There's an Anthony Seabell one. Oh. Boyd's still integral despite captaincy demotion. Well, how about this, right? They named Alex Glenn as their captain, right? Mm. Is Alex Glenn a definite starter for the Broncos in their pack? He is now. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. Like, you know, I feel as though he's one of those sort of fringe starters in the NRL. And a lot of people like him. You know, I've never heard a bad thing about him. And as a player, he can be pretty good in some games. But, you know, he's not a massive standout player. And I just think that when you name a player that's not a certain starter as your captain, it can cause problems because you have to pick him then. I think he started in every game he's played for quite a while. But I just think he's one of those players that, it wouldn't take much to replace him, you know what I mean? Oh, no, of course not. Let's have a look here. He's had 35 games on the bench, and one was in 2018, six were in 2017, uh, a bunch in 2016, and then before that, 2010. Okay, so he's, he's a regular starter for them. Yeah. Um, he suffered last year just like a lot of the players did because Seabell was fucking around with the team lineup and he moved him from second row to centre for some reason. That's right, yeah. Man, Seabell's a bad coach. Oh. Such a bad coach. Catastrophic. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that Broncos team goes this year because, I, I, you know, Croft is going to be a really good addition and... They really should be going in the right direction, but I, you know, I just can't see it happening under his coaching. Thing here too, I, I don't see why he's wrapping up Darius and Cotton Woolen and you know giving pats on the bum. Uh, Darius is not the sort of player that needs that. But the other he, thing is too, like what, like the 
this isn't favors they're doing for Darius Boyd. Like Darius Boyd signed a contract. They they have to pay him that contract. There's no way around it. He deserves his money. But at the same time, he's got to perform. And if he doesn't perform, like they can't keep cuddling him and saying, oh, you know, he's going to be all right. Like if he's not playing well, just drop him to reserve grade. And then, I mean, I think that, you know, if he has a worse season than he did last year, he's going to have to eat a shit sandwich, you know, and play yeah. reserve grade for the rest of his career. I think he'll be fine if they just park him on the wing till he till he retires. You'd I think, think so. He'd be fine. Yeah, um, he's a class player. He's he's. I can't I can't blame him one hundred percent for what happened last year because he just got dicked around by a dumb coach. Yeah, that's true. Playing him at five eighth was a disaster. They shouldn't have lasted more than one game. No, that's right. So, you can see how that goes. What other news is on here? Obviously, not much. Um, it's, been, it's been a real quiet off-season, hey? It has been. There was a there was a story which went around a couple of days ago about um, an alleged incident with Josh Reynolds. Get cranky at his ex or something like that. Don't know the full details, but um, there's a video of him going around yelling, and that was yelling pretty much it. Someone. Yeah, look, I, I don't know what was going on in it, and... You know, I mean, what, that, what do you say about it? Oh, there's nothing you can say. You don't know the context of it. The thing yeah. I find irritating about the thing, the whole story, though, is that Fox Sports decided to run with it. And I remember the days when Fox Sports just did stories about sport mm-hmm. and they steered clear of this horse shit stuff and just left it to the yeah. Daily Telegraph. And I wish they'd go back to that and stop reporting on this smutty garbage. I agree. Um, and they've they've had some really gross reporting over the last 12 months um i don't know why they changed direction but it's i mean it's destroyed i think their credibility amongst you know people that watch the game watch the game of rugby league anyway um it's you know i see stuff that comes up from fox sports and there's just so much trash and it's real it's a shame because it should be the place you can go, and it's like, finally, just sport. Just give me this pure sport. And they they took a direction change. And look, it must work on some level because they wouldn't have done it otherwise. But it's the same thing when you watch some of the uh, the shows during the week. Like, you know, you used to watch those shows and to see what was happening on the footy field. And now a lot of them, them sort of shows are just, you know, old dudes yelling over at the top of one another about just bullshit. Yes. Um, put all of that down to James Hooper. <laughs> James Hood ornament. Yeah. He obviously went on a bit of a break over Christmas because all the Latrell Mitchell stories dried up. Um, just stopped. Yeah. Now, now that the Tigers are in the news, which who I believe is his club, Hooray. Um, Jeezy's all over this story with Josh Reynolds. Um, he's even got a scoop on something other than Josh Reynolds' story. Oh, really? See, I haven't... I don't read much rugby league news, hey? Like, Neither do I. I'm, only, I'm just scouring it now for filler. Yeah. <laughs> on a positive yeah. note for West Tigers, the club is inching closer to signing Canberra Raiders centre Joey Lua on a three-year deal. What do you think about... Cause I don't want him I, at the club. No, and it's got nothing nothing to do with him whatsoever. Yeah, the Tigers need a hooker. Yeah, 
why are we spending our money on a centre? Yeah, and one that I mean, he's a he's a handy player, but he's also oh. a uh, an ill-disciplined player. Yeah, he's 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 not a blue chipper. Put it that way. No, like he's somebody that. Um, how, what category would you put him into? You know what he he reminds me of. He's that sort of player that when he's on, he can be a he'll really, destroy, really good player. But he'll then, destroy a team when he's on, but when he's yeah. off, he will lose your games. Yeah, but the other thing is, too, you can go a month and be like, when's he going to fire up? Mm. You know, when's he going to put in that performance? And that's a problem. Like, I don't I don't tend to like players where you got, you're waiting for them to turn it on. Um and yeah, I just don't think he's the sort of player they should be going after, and I don't understand why they're going after him. Yeah, it's like they're going after uh, what's his name, Dooley from uh, Souths. Adam Dewey. Yeah, that's it, Do- Dewey. And I don't understand why. Like he's an he's an all right player, but he he's just an all right player. There's plenty of all right players around. You know that the West Tigers need some guys that they can build around. And I was that, hoping uh, they were going to go after Alex Johnson because he'd have been a gun fullback that the club needs and a genuine try scorer. I don't mind Adam Dewey so much, but yeah, I'd rather get, I'd rather they were chasing a hooker, to be honest. Because yeah, we're looking was, like yeah. we're going to start with bloody Moses and Bai or Josh Reynolds if he's not in jail. <laughs> um, and, and starting and a hooker. Neither of them are nine. Yeah, it, neither it, of them are nine. I, I like I just don't know I don't know what the Tigers are doing. Like I, I I think that last year we went into the season we were during the season we were saying how the Bulldogs definitely have the worst uh lineup in the league. I think that the Tigers now I mean you take ben, say you take Benji Marshall out of that Tigers team. Man, it's it's threadbare after that. Like Luke yeah. Brooks is a as a good player as well. But he needs he needs a good nine to help him. Yeah. You know, you look at his best seasons and it's with Farrah at the club. Yep. And next year could be rough. It really man, it, it worries me. It worries me. And when you see a team chasing the wrong sort of players. Yeah. Oof. Do it. It's going to be a t- it's going to be pretty impressive when they get ninth next year because they'll avert it. They really will have. Like where they would you pick? Where would you pick them to finish now with the lineup they've got confirmed right now? Where would you pick them? At best, eleventh. Mm. Yeah, man, I wouldn't That's be shocked if they get the spoon this year. Hey? No, I think they'll avoid the spoon just through the fact they've got a decent coach. They've got a They've got a solid enough pack. Mm. Um, they've got players who are willing to play the game week in, week out. Um, and so long as Paul McGregor's coaching a team, the Tigers aren't going to be a chance of getting the wooden spoon. <laughs> so, like, with some of the other teams, and we're probably cannibalising a season preview here, it's great. But I, I think that the Gold Coast can't go any worse than last year. I think no. the Bulldogs will definitely be better than last year. I have a feeling that the Knights will be better than last year. The Panthers, I'm not sure about. I've got no idea. If somebody said the Panthers will finish 
top three, I wouldn't be shocked. If someone said they finished the bottom three, I wouldn't be shocked. I think um, Penrith will, will again be on the cusp of the eight. I don't yeah. know if they'll get in or not, but they're going to be fighting for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a tough one. The the Titans, I don't know if they've if their coach isn't is good enough to get them off the cellar floor in his first year. And I don't even know if that's going to be his objective. I think he's probably going to be doing a bit of a stock take season mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. before he starts ripping into, you know, big results and wanting to go charge up the ladder and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on, I guess. See, the thing about the Gold Coast, though, they've got some handy players and some solid first graders, but they just weren't before. I mean, they weren't putting in last year. That I mean, they had way more talent than, say, the Bulldogs on the field, just on paper, on paper mm. I mean. Mm, but no they just weren't, they just didn't want to be there for whatever reason. It was very strange. No idea. But there you go. Well, there you go. We've, we've covered a bit of everything. We've yeah, sabotaged the season preview. We've done a bit of news. We've talked about the Rugby League World Cup. God, we're brilliant. We really are. Like, I think it's fair to say we've started uh, 2020 off just perfect. Yeah, we alienated China, Wales. We didn't alienate China. That was the bloody Manly Seagulls did that. That's not our fault. <laughs> We're not you know, blame there. They alienated everybody that was a Norths fan when North Sydney took over the Manly Seagulls, and then they alienated everybody up on Gosford. They're good at alienating people on, in Manly. It's great. <laughs> right. I'll, they even I'll... sprinkled asbestos in this stadium because they didn't like their own fans. Alienate them too. Yeah, why not? Why not? And uh, on that note, um, make sure you subscribe to us everywhere. Leave us a review with five-star rating, stuff like that, and let us know. We'll read it out. We'll put it up on our website. We'll give you a big plug for it. You'll be famous for, you know, a few minutes or whatever. Um, mm. Follow us on Twitter, Fergo Freak Pod. Drop us an email at... Podcast at com, And we might even reply to it. Mm. Um, we will. I, rep- I normally reply to them. I don't think I've missed too many that have sent us emails. So I like to, you know, have a chat with people through the email. That's a ticket. And if you want to sponsor us, does we don't care who you are. If you want to sponsor us, we've got packages available, not just the ones on websites. So just hit us up and uh, let's talk business. Yeah, we want to get a sponsor on board this year. Um you know, the, the numbers are really good, especially for the start of the year. I mean, the numbers are fantastic. Uh, and, we, yeah, we want to partner up with someone. We'll do live reads, which will be a lot of fun. And, uh, so, yeah, so get in touch with us. And if you're thinking about it, just get in touch with us. You've got nothing to lose. Yeah, we'll give you a trial run even. See, yeah. you, see if you like it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All righty. We'll, uh, we'll wrap this sucker up. We'll let you all go. Yeah, and uh, thank you to everybody that's listened in. Thank you to all of our new listeners. I know we've got a lot of new listeners. Um, yeah, and hopefully you enjoy what you're listening to, and we'll bring you uh, plenty more this year. We, we smash out these podcasts. By this time next year, we'll probably have 500 podcasts up, so it'll be fantastic. Sounds like a target. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. Just, just letting you know. We're going to start <laughs> our next podcast in 20 minutes, by the way. Sounds <laughs> yeah, good.
We're going to pop them out. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, people. Catch us later. <laughs>